So 52.4 left in the game. Miami can't really get a three for two here, but you can go for, I would like to get a three on this possession though, when Boston isn't in a no threes defense necessarily. Bam, bringing it up. They want to hand off to Struess. He'll fake the handoff three. Huge! Struess! One possession game. What a fake by Struess. He looked like he was just going to hand off again, and then he quick shot it. And Boston has to have better process on this possession. Do they double here? Tatum back to goal against Struess. Seven on the clock. Gets off the ball. Smart. Into the teeth. Against Bam. Off the rim. They can push it here. Butler, does he have the energy? He'll take the three for the lead. Short. Rebounded by Horford. They got a foul now. And they foul. Smart. They could have maybe trapped there. Jimmy Butler elected to take the three-pointer for the lead. A jump shot did not really have the Was that a two-on-two break? Let's see it here. I, I think it was really like a three-on-three. Three. He could have just gone at Al Horford. Horford backed off. I mean, it's a wide-open look. Your best player, he's had a knack for shots in big moments. Game seven, they say it's the two best words in sports. And this one definitely lived up to it. We didn't think it would in the end. Certainly a hard-fought game. But with 335 remaining, Marcus Smart made a couple of free throws off a drive on an exhausted Jimmy Butler. Celtics led 98-85. I said on the cast it would have to take an epic comeback, an epic collapse with 13 points in probably about eight possessions to make up at best eight possessions. And yet the Miami Heat, with under 20 seconds to go, had the ball in the air for the lead on a Jimmy Butler three-point attempt. How did we get there? It was remarkable. And I think it was a mix of some successful Heat possessions and some flawed Boston offense. And I consistently dislike the concept of a prevent offense in no small part because you generally don't get good shots. And I thought that was, Boston did two kind of cardinal sins. So one was they had some languid possessions where they didn't start anything until like 12 seconds left on the clock, didn't get something good. Then they also had a few possessions where you're you have kind of two different goals. So one is if you want to use the clock, try to get something good late, or if you could get something towards the basket early, of course that's totally fine. But they also did a couple bad shots early in the clock, and they also weren't doing the other component. If you are going to do something closer to a prevent offense, which is get back on defense and make sure the other team has to work for it. So I don't think that throughout most of that period that there was terrible process offensively by the Celtics. I thought, yes, they ran the time down, which you should. I mean, with a 13-point lead, you should be able to go into prevent offense. And I think they still even got pretty good looks for about the first two minutes of that stretch. And they even got an offensive rebound. Smart just missed two open three-pointers. They ran the clock down again. Grant Williams got stripped by Kyle Lowry late in the possession, but that I thought there was good process on that one. And they still were up nine with under a minute 30 to go. And that's when they started just getting into no threes, which I would have been in as well, right? I think they should have been avoiding the three because that's really, you think that three threes, that's how you lose the game. And yeah, they gave up a Victor Oladipo drive off a steal within five seconds. And then they gave up a Lowry drive 
off of four seconds after they only ran 17 seconds but smart got a, a decent look at a three and so even then they that took it from nine to five and the heat had a chance then i thought though where the celtics melted down was jalen brown attacking shooting with after eight seconds with a five-point lead rather than running the time down they could have gotten it all the way down to 36 seconds instead he shoots it with 52 seconds commits an offensive foul and now the heat actually had a chance to control their own destiny at that point and the heat had two offensive heroes during this comeback one of them was victor oladipo the only heat player who really had any gas left in his tank and oladipo had a very strong game plus 16 and 33 minutes of action they leaned on him heavily pj tucker only played 17 minutes and he was their leading creator jimmy butler didn't seem like he had he had much juice and so it was oladipo getting to the basket and then the other one was max Struess, and max Struess. The first big play he made in this late stretch was a tip dunk. Oh, o- man, that was so o- Oladipo nasty. Tried, Oladipo tried a tough step back and missed it. And then Struess had a tip dunk, which cut the margin from 11 to 9 with two and a half minutes to go. And then Struess, he basically just immediately fires off of the inbound, makes a, well, I, I I think that's actually giving it sh- short shrift to say that. It, I, I apologize for interrupting, but they ran a play for him to start out of the corner. You figured they would run the play for him, starting in the near side corner on the sideline out of bounds. He comes off of one screen, gets another screen, incredible play getting through the screen by Boston. And then Horford has stepped out on him. He looks like he's about to hand off. He's looking directly at the guy he's about to hand off to coming out of the opposite corner on the right wing. And then he just right before the handoff, he just turned and quick shot it before Horford could react. It was an incredible shot, I I thought. Uh, to cut it to two and then they just had to get one more stop and get one more stop they did the Celtics ran the ball down the possession and Marcus Smart had a layup opportunity I thought it was well contested but they forced the ball out of the hands of the Celtics playmakers again again and so that is what led Jimmy Butler got the rebound and pushed the ball down and of course what will generate a lot of discussion Jimmy Butler has it's a three-on-three break so there isn't an advantage in terms of like you get it somebody open for a layup or a three within that action as long as the Celtics defend it properly Jimmy Butler has Al Horford backpedaling and he did something he only did 42 times in the entire regular season Jimmy Butler took a pull-up three and we've talked about this a lot of times that when you're down two it makes sense to go for the three in the moment I think it was so jarring because you felt like Jimmy Butler is about to go downhill at Al Horford for the game and or, or to tie the game you don't think of Jimmy as someone who shoots that shot early in the clock it felt like the heat you know quote unquote had all the momentum this comeback had been building and building and building and building and then with one just snap decision it lets the air out of the comeback that's how it feels when he misses it and so your initial reaction is hey that's just a bad decision and i think i I kind of felt that way at first but it was just so jarring to see him make that decision all of a sudden and then just to like that's why so many coaches go for the quick two don't go for the three when they're down two because it's just it feels so deflating 
when you miss it and the game is basically over oh they could have got, potentially gotten an offensive rebound as well in a transition situation you know the, there are a lot of different things that could have happened going forward the Celtics could have then taken the lead again they would have had to go earlier then maybe the Heat would have had a chance to go back again who would have been the favorite in overtime I think probably the Celtics the, the Heat just looked so incredibly out of gas maybe that was part of his thinking but then maybe you shouldn't take a pull-up three jump shot when you don't have any legs I, there's so many arguments going back and forth ultimately though the math is probably in favor of him taking that unless you see it as like under a 30 percent well, shot he, here's the distinction that i would draw i i think that the my my interpretation of you know the incentives each direction is that taking a three is a, a decent three is better than taking a two because not only is it the chances of winning the game in overtime a that two is not guaranteed to go in and then you're in a similar boat to if you miss the three but also the other team gets a chance to win the game in regulation and Jimmy Butler's shot occurred with 16 seconds left in the game so you know you know that then if Bos as long as you don't get the offensive rebound I guess there is a chance of that then then Boston's gonna have a chance to win it in regulation and then I would have given them over a 50% chance given the relative availabilities of players for the two teams I would have given Boston the advantage in overtime though Miami would have outscored them by a ridiculous degree would have been plus 13 in the final three and a half minutes to get there however the question for me is three versus two I agree with the three was that the right three I don't think you're going to get a cleaner that it, it, I mean Horford was on his heels Butler was kind of in rhythm as you can be in that circumstance he yeah. knew what he wanted to do and so you can get your feet right you can get everything else it's you know like if you want to not that any anything is apples to apples compared to a the end of a game seven when you have played oh you know 48 minutes in the contest to to anything else but butler overall in the season he'd only taken 42 pull-up threes made eight of those that's 19 percent and yeah. not a representative sample no. i would say because he's generally only taking those at the end of the clock when he has to like he just doesn't take threes in the regular season for whatever reason right and uh, yeah butler he only took 10 three-pointers the entire season in the first six in the regular season in the first six seconds of the shot clock and he was 40 percent on those um so again we're dealing with real small sample sizes here i think any way you slice it it is a completely reasonable decision it if it is it the optimal decision hard to know in that circumstance but jimmy butler carried the heat for most of this game i believe he has earned the right to make that distinction and i think the three is better than two so i will go i totally fair i'm 100 on board with it even if it didn't work out yeah and obviously a even if he hits the two then there's even, probably even more of a chance that you lose in regulation than if he makes the three because boston will run the time down you're not gonna have a chance to potentially answer then you know, al horford pretty good defender around the rim i mean maybe you could say jimmy has a 60 percent chance of making that shot but also pretty decent chance of getting fouled uh, but he would have to make both free throws obviously too which he's a good free throw shooter but that's not I mean, there's, it's so complex that I, I don't think you would have faulted him for doing either thing. It was just something, it was just so jarring. And I think you just have to try to get past that aspect of it. It was like, oh my God, we got this comeback building. And then just the flame is extinguished immediately by that miss. 
Well, and, and Whereas, part of the context yeah. part of the context here, Boston. We talked about the Marcus Smart making those free throws with 3:35 to go to put him up to 13. To this juncture, they had not scored since that point at all. Yeah, zero points. And but then when you you know that that shot happens, and, and Boston you know would have had a chance to score in some fashion either way. So I'm I, I think we're on board there. And then when the shot went did not fall, it comes down to missed free throws or some sort of failure. And Marcus Smart, to his credit made both of those free throws so that put the lead back up to four Miami called the timeout which is what you're supposed to do and Struess they got a quick shot it didn't fall and and something you and I talked about with there is a challenge there when you're up 11 and then it ended up being a loose ball foul on Al Horford on the rebound uh, Horford and Tatum both kind of hit Oladipo but the heat were not in the bonus is it gets a little bit counterintuitive you and I both hate the quick or quack too but because of the amount of time the ball is in the air on a three, it actually becomes difficult to make a three on the first possession down four with six seconds to go. Well, and particularly with no timeouts when they would have needed to leave enough time in to uh, bring the foul, then bring the ball up court again. I mean, obviously they're in an impossible position at that point down four with no timeouts left uh, under 10 seconds to go. But let's talk a little bit more about just overall this game, this series. What else stuck out to you that you really wanted to hit on here? I didn't think this was the greatest Jason Tatum game. He was far from bad over the course of the game. 26 points, 9 of 21 from the field, 4 of 7 on threes, 6 assists. Only two turnovers, had some defensive playmaking as well. But he had two gargantuan shots during that fourth quarter, building what looked like it was close to an insurmountable lead. They were both really late clock. So first he made a three as the shot clock was winding down that pushed the lead up to 12 that was with about six minutes to go and then Boston looked pretty close to dead in the water they had the ball with I think it was like 2.7 seconds left on the shot clock they had a baseline out of bounds and so we were talking about how on the on the playback broadcast about how you had to get something quickly it made sense for it to be Jason Tatum and he put an absolutely beautiful move on Jimmy Butler drills a 18 foot pull up and again that puts the lead to double digits that makes it 10 point lead with four and a half to go yeah the late clock magic the heat i think had 21 points in the last four seconds of the shot clock in that epic game six victory and the celtics that had that magic in this one obviously you got a point to the three-point shooting six of 30 from the heat they're three of 13 in the first half oh they can't possibly shoot this bad again three of 17 in the second half so a solid 20 percent including that miracle struce heave he was the only member of the heat to hit multiple three-pointers in this game boston was much better by comparison 11 of 32 tatum was four of seven including that huge step back well and and, and nate the heat only had one made three for most of the first half and then they got two late in the late in that and miami another story of this game they had three assists on 16 made baskets in the first half and then that shifted to 13 assists on 21 made baskets in the second half yeah and miami gets within four right at the start of the third they'd been down 15 53 38 they close it to within six at the end of the first half they actually hit those two threes as Boston's uh, offense stagnated. Then they get within four. Boston pushed the lead back. And then that big Max Struess three, which seemed like a huge shot at the time, ended up getting taken away during a timeout because he was out of bounds. What did you make of that? 
it looked to me both on still still images and on the video that while Struess's heel was arguably up, that his midfoot was also over the sideline. And so I, I think it was a reasonable overturn. Clear if if the line is clear and convincing evidence, it's probably a little bit a little bit tight. I, I thought it was pretty obvious personally that it did happen. I, that my <clears throat> read was that it I, but I, I am sympathetic. I, I mean his his heel wasn't down, but it looked to me like a sufficient part of the foot was on the floor and was touching the line so i would have overturned it if i were in the ref shoes so i'm not going to complain about it and yeah and of course to, to recall you can actually they check during a stoppage to see whether it's a three versus a two but if they also see that he stepped out of bounds right at that moment and he should have been called out of bounds and they're allowed to make that call as well and obviously that ended up being rather massive the end of the game probably would have unfolded in a, a much different fashion fashion had that been the case um what else do we need to talk about other than that here I, the war of attrition that was this series and that continued into game seven tyler hero did make a return he played seven minutes during the first half did not return in the second and the he didn't I'm sorry, the Celtics didn't go after him as much as actually kind of expected on defense. They did go after him some, and he had, he had actually a little bit more fight on, on defense than I, than I thought. But Hero got into the lane a couple of times, didn't really make the defense sweat too much, only had had one assist. And so they ended up going more with Victor Oladipo, who had a strong defensive game and had some really nice offensive moments, especially during the fourth quarter. And then P.J. Tucker only played three minutes and 32 seconds during that second half. Yeah, they went with Oladipo very quickly and I wonder whether that was due to Tucker having some more issues or just that they felt like they needed more offense on the floor because the the Heat lost this game in the first quarter when it was 32-17 and they just continued to not be able to score and then when Oladipo came in everything changed and he was plus 16 even though he didn't end up shooting it that well in the end they also were able to have him guard Tatum or Brown okay they also were able to put Kyle Lowry who gutted out another game at 39 minutes they were able to have him guard Tatum for a lot of the third and I thought he did a pretty good job on him just getting underneath him getting through screens and then the other thing that was just a, a huge part of this game particularly in the fourth was Boston built their lead to me by doing a better job of attacking the heat strategy of taking the ball out of their primary ball handlers or primary attackers hands the Boston offense was just basically let's go find Max Struess first off actually was let's go find Gabe Vincent and I thought that Spo was a little bit too slow getting Struess back into the game and leaving Vincent out there Vincent was negative 10 I thought he just got completely lit up defensively and and Vincent had a couple of clean looks that would have made his line look different but he was getting attacked on defense constantly Right. Yeah. He, he had a couple of shots right at the start of the fourth that he missed. And then they got, he got lit up on defense. We were saying, Hey, they should be closing with the starters except for Oladipo and for Tucker. And they just had Vincent out there. And I just, Struis only played 35 minutes in a game like this. I think they could have got him out there earlier, but nonetheless, even when they're attacking Struis, they would double team and they were even more aggressive. I thought with the double teams than they were in game six, game six was more about once he starts attacking, we're going to bring aggressive help. And in this game, it was more, we're going to get the ball out of your hands, maybe even before you get into the lane, it, mostly in the second half. And I thought the Celtics approach there was pretty good in a couple of ways. Number one, they were just setting the screen with Struess's man higher out on the floor. So if they wanted to double, they had to do it further out on the floor. And then there was more space to attack behind. I thought with, except with a, a few times they failed to do this. 
that Tatum and Braun, their attackers, got into their move early once Struess got onto them, either attacking downhill immediately or just even getting into the initial screen involving Struess or Vincent earlier and then giving them more time to attack getting off the ball earlier in that sequence and then when guys did get the ball i thought they did a nice job of attacking smart i thought was pretty good there just to quickly getting into the lane and then playing off of that setting up uh, some three-pointers as well we also saw a continuation of a storyline that had occurred earlier in the series which is that at one point during the late first half it looked like desperate straights for boston on in terms of big men because out Al Horford and Grant Williams both had three fouls. Grant Williams picked up his three fouls in fairly quick succession. And Horford got his third late in the half. And Robert Williams was not at the level that you hope for him overall in this game. He only played 15 minutes and made his two whose two points were on free throws. And he, he just didn't look right out there physically. Hopefully he can look he can get better over this gap between game seven of the East Finals and game one of the NBA finals. But I think he's going to be some version of limited for the final as well which is unfortunate but at least we get some of him but then with Williams Grant Williams and Horford on in potentially foul trouble and Robert Williams there was like well what is Ime Udoka gonna do here and Horford only picked up one more foul the rest of the game Grant Williams didn't pick up any and I still think Udoka went a little too heavily on Robert Williams though he actually in a certain way got bailed out because they were able to off of off of a um he called that early timeout in the fourth and then Robert Williams never came back in the game yeah that's when the heat cut it to three 82 79 Williams got stripped underneath I mean he couldn't move at all I was very surprised that given how little Grant Williams played in the first half due to the foul trouble that Robert even started and Grant was in within you know I think three four minutes and then Robert then came in for just I guess to get Al Horford a a quick blow maybe they even should have just gone with Grant at center there they didn't want to bring in Tice at that point in the game obviously so they just kind of tried to steal some time for Al Horford they had I think an eight point lead sorry seven point lead at the start he just scored two real quick one of which was Robert getting stripped underneath after an amazing pass by I think it was I want to say it was smart but then an even better strip of Robert Williams Robert Williams just didn't have his normal level of activity and uh, couldn't move around the floor I was just surprised to see him back in at that point and then for Miami this just came in from Spoh's presser that he hinted that the reason Tucker didn't play more was due to an injury and I mean yeah you just mentioned what an incredible war of attrition this was with Butler with his knee issue and who knows I don't think that he could have changed the result in games four and five because Boston was awesome in those two games and totally blew him out but maybe he would have or maybe he would have been the MVP we'll talk about that a little bit in a second uh Bam Adebayo played his second best game of the series with 25 points despite not really getting to the foul line at all he was doing more of grab and going being aggressive going downhill at Al Horford seemed like particularly once Grant Williams was out of the game he had some more confidence attacking a lot of it was that kind of fadeaway mid-ranger from behind his head that seems like it's always about to get blocked that more of those went in at times which is helpful but they just needed any kind of aggression that he could provide I thought Jalen Brown was fantastic in the third quarter yeah it was another game where Brown really kicked it in at a specific stretch during the game Brown eight points 
two assists and was had you know, had a better distribution stretch there, kind of taking advantage, attacking, getting downhill. And I thought it was one of the best. I mean, he had 25 points in the second half of a different game, but he had you know he was get, creating advantages and importantly not making many mistakes during that third quarter. And Brown at his best can really be disruptive. Going to have a, a different sort of challenge against the Golden State Warriors. And yeah, I thought that was an important part of this game and Boston, especially considering that heat run that we saw, you and I both thought that things were looking pretty good for them at the end of the third because the Celtics were up. They they can maintain the lead. They actually outscored the heat by one during that third quarter. So they were up seven at the start of the fourth and they looked healthier and more together. And then there was that bad stretch at the beginning of the fourth. But yeah, I I mean, the war of attrition to me, I mean, this is an important part of the kind of like the long-term story of the series. It hit them less severely than it hit the Miami Heat, but they still had to weather those storms. In the end, though, I do believe the Celtics were the better team. If you just look at the Heat's half-court offense in this series, 86 offensive rating in the half-court. This game, 76 offensive rating in the half-court. They didn't get that much in transition, but it it was enough. And And they also, I mean, Miami just had three just absolutely atrocious three-point shooting games too and they just they you needed to make shots better than they did they didn't have great shot makers I mean obviously Lowry was hurt too you know I mean that's that's another big part of this Hero was hurt too I mean I think and then you forget of course that Al Horford and Smart didn't play in game one Smart also didn't play in game four there were all sorts of issues both ways I do think though that the Heat would have struggled offensively against Boston even if they were whole but particularly not getting to see a full healthy Kyle Lowry I even just in bits and pieces in this game six and game seven I mean, he hadn't been healthy since game three of the first rounds so you basically forgot about what a player he actually is and I think also just with all the personal absences that he had it was a tough year I think he he put on a little bit more weight than he would have liked to have and I think if he could have just given them a little bit more offensively a little bit more in the pick and roll a little bit more shot making from three than he did over the last five games of the series then it may have been a different series too and Miami had home court maybe they would have ended up being the better team in the end but I I still think that this is a a just result given who was actually available to play in this series I hope that historically like this heat team gets appropriate credit because they were they have had a phenomenal season they were the number one seed and deservedly so Boston unbelievable during the second half of the year but the whole thing does count and if they had been full strength I mean this this was a, a close series and we'll talk about the conference finals MVP and all of that. But I mean, they they were a game opponent and they were fighting through some real offensive limitations. And we're not going to do Miami's offseason preview right now, but Victor Oladipo's energy on defense and what he gave them as kind of a, a necessary supplementary playmaker later is a part of the case that even when Tyler Hero is available, that he should be a part of their planning moving forward. Yeah, potentially so. We'll see what happens with the tax there. And PJ Tucker could be a free agent as well. There's a, a lot of interesting aspects Tyler Hero's possible extension would be another one. What are you just going to remember the most uh, about this series as we look back on it? The war of attrition and the war, both of those elements. I mean, these were incredibly physical games that 
the cast of characters in each contest was basically different. Like you had guys, you know, you talked about Marcus Smart being out in one and four and Jimmy Butler's knee thing and Kyle Lowry's hamstring. And on top of that, very strong defensive execution overall. And both of these teams, the part of what you and I love so much about playoff basketball is the adjustments and the reactions. And we knew that Boston was going to come out with something different after Miami used this helping off of Smart and White to devastating effect, even though White had an effective game six in terms of Miami actually winning the game, and and they did. And I, I thought that in the end, and availability is a part of this, but not all of it, that Boston just had more things they could try. And yeah. Tatum stepping up in some big moments in game seven, great for him, great for his legacy, while wearing a Kobe Bryant tribute armband. Jalen Brown had some big moments in this series. And then another one, because he's been one of my po- favorite players for such a a long time. Tim Bontemps had this stat. Before tonight, Al Horford had the most playoff games in NBA history for anybody not making an NBA Finals. 141. Now he gets to make the Finals. And he was an integral part of this. Had a huge block on Victor Oladipo when Oladipo tried to go to the opposite side. It was hit or miss for Horford offensively, but he played with energy. He kept the ball moving. And they have stars. Jason Tatum, you know, he's in the top 10 players in the league conversation. But Boston's depth of quality and quality of depth is special. Yeah, and Al Horford, $5 million more of his contract now guarantees for next year, which basically ensures, I think, that he'll be on this team, that there's no chance now he's going to get waived. And obviously, if they win the championship, his full 26.5 million guarantees, he signed that contract back with the Sixers in 2019, leaving the Celtics. So ironic, indeed, that he accomplishes that bonus with the Boston Celtics. And I'm sure he's very, very glad to be back in Boston. And everyone in Boston is really glad to have him back. I mean, obviously, Butler's game six, I'm always going to remember. And I mean, this was an epic game seven that he played too. 24 points in the first half, basically kept the heat going, had a ton of free throws in the first half as well. 13 to 24, 35 points played all 48 minutes bam played 46 minutes in this one in that game six i i will remember and i think even though they didn't win the series this was a close enough game i'm glad that the heat were able to make it close at the end to really at least raise the stature of this overall series in my mind when we're gonna look back on it it was just everything that we hoped congratulations to both of us by the way too for both picking celtics and seven the road team and seven also worth noting that the road team is actually above 500 in game seven since 2016 since that Cavs victory over the Warriors that's pretty remarkable not counting the bubble obviously when there was no home court and you know this Heat team they went all out they signed Lowry they signed Jimmy Butler to an extension as well Jimmy would have been a free agent this summer had that been the case he probably would have had full max offers so if they'd wanted to retain him which they surely would have had to do they would have had to pay up at that uh, amount anyway and this is a championship contender this year you hope that Adebayo and Hero can get better and they can maybe get some more reinforcements it's just a shame that Lowry couldn't be the player that they signed him to be but they also had a great offseason getting Tucker and so this is to me this season the the incredible fight from this team they may have ended up mortgaging the future to some degree we'll won't know that for a few years but I think they showed in this series 
that this team had the potential to be good enough that that was worth doing. The last thing we could discuss on this is the decision on who wins MVP of this series. It is a new award named after Larry Bird. And I thought it was a three-horse race, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And to go through kind of some of the stats on this, Jimmy Butler, 25.6 points per game, seven rebounds, 3.4 assists, the leader by far of these three in usage. He had to take on a lot of the role, but Butler did have three real stinkers of games, one of which the Heat won that game where he only played 20 minutes and scored eight points, but then he also had six in game four, which they lost in the garden. And then he had 13 in that putrid offensive game five. So that's the argument kind of for it against. He was the most, he was more important, you could argue, to his team and was playing big defense. Jalen Brown, 24 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists. And had some big quarters overall, you know, had that had that big 25 point at, at 25 point half. And the arguments against he had some weird turnover stretches, despite not being as high leverage a player. And he's the worst defender to me of these three, which is high praise to all three of these gentlemen that J- Jalen Brown is the worst defender of the three of them. And then Jason Tatum, 25 points, 8.3 rebounds, 5.6 assists. And he had a, had a strong time overall, also had some hits or misses. Remember, he only scored 10 points on three of 14 yeah. from the field in game three which was I think a ch- he had I think he had six turnovers or more in all three of their losses but they did, he did yeah he had six seven and seven in their losses and then basketball reference hasn't updated with the game seven stats but through six just because this can sometimes be a good way to think about it jimmy butler 58 percent true shooting on 28 usage jalen brown 57 percent sorry 50 60 percent true shooting on 29 usage and jason tatum 63 percent true shooting on 29 usage yeah tatum did score exceedingly efficiently in that game six despite the fact that they lost um yeah if jimmy butler had just had kind of normal games in a loss you know like 20 points like a little below average efficiency in games three four and five then i think i probably would have thought that i I mean he was the best player in the series right he was and shout out to tim bontemps our friend for i I was frustrated that the eventual result i'm totally fine with jason tatum winning he would have gotten my vote and this can happen where you know if you're everybody's on the fence and you tatum had those five huge points in the fourth quarter that i talked about earlier it ended up being eight votes for Tatum one vote for Butler zero votes for Brown I thought a closer result would have been more appropriate but they also most of them voted for the person that I I thought deserved it so yeah Tatum well well, I mean let me let me ask you this Danny Jimmy Butler's three-pointer goes in and the Heat win the series he's obviously the MVP of the series right yep he is so is it really fair to say based on one shot that he's not I mean obviously that's a pretty big shot (laughs) it would be would have been one of the it would have been a lot of value history it's funny actually I I was thinking a lot of on the cast about the heat comeback in game six against the spurs in 2013 somewhat similar circumstances but they weren't able to pull it off and get the big three the way ray allen was able to in the end i think you so yeah i'm looking forward to an awesome nba finals though i mean we'll, we'll probably preview that tomorrow or the next day but i i needed a little bit of time to digest that well, but and, and i can't wait to be in the building for and, that and fortunately not just for us but more importantly for all the players involved a nice long gap between those and the the I was worried for various reasons that they might move up the finals after getting burned on that last year with some travel plans and they're keeping it with the Thursday that makes sense with ABC because this isn't in a this isn't a, a schedule shifted year it's just what we normally do and so for the Boston Celtics to get some time off hopefully we get a healthier Robert Williams and healthier Marcus Smart and we are going to get one heck of an NBA finals 